Hi, I'm Terry Modica, and I want to welcome you into A Pilgrimage of the Soul, a podcast retreat from Good News Ministries of GNM.org. You are entering into a mystical union with Christ based on the mysteries of the rosary for your daily life. This retreat was recorded in New Zealand during a live conference. Let's begin with a prayer to open yourself to all that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. Pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, renew me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come, Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me to receive more of the Father's love and healing from Jesus my Savior. Come, Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And is doing great things for me. And will do great things for me. And through me. For holy is his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is smiling big at you. Now we're going to take a look at how uniting ourselves to Jesus through the mysteries of the rosary strengthened the sprouts that we were this, uh, before lunch and will produce beautiful fragrant flowers and healthy nourishing fruits. And the display we have up here now has a full blossoming tree with oranges growing on it. I feel like I'm back in Florida. <laughs> this is the time that we're going to look at being the trees that bear fruit, the luminous mysteries of the rosary. Now I'd like to read to you a prayer poem that was written by Cardinal John Henry Newman because it fits so much with what we're going to be talking about now. This is called, Jesus be the light that others see when they look at me. Remember, we're talking about the luminous mysteries, the mysteries of light. Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance wherever I am. Fill my heart with your spirit and your life. Penetrate my being and take such hold of me that my life becomes a radiation of your own life. Give your light through me. Remember that Magnificat prayer and through me. Give your light through me and remain in me in such a way that every soul I come in contact with can feel your presence in me. May people not see me, but see you in me. Remain in me so that I shine with your light and may others be illuminated by my light. All light will come from you, O Jesus. Not even the smallest ray of light will be mine. You will illuminate others through me. Place on my lips your greatest praise, illuminating others around me. May I preach you with actions more than with words, with the example of my actions, with the visible light of the love that comes from you 
to my heart. Amen. This so speaks of what I'm going to be sharing with you in the Luminous Mysteries. We are the fragrance of Jesus. First of all, I want you to understand how Jesus smells you. You are a tree with blossoms that are going to produce fruit. On Sunday, we're going to really go in, and with the glorious mysteries, go into what it means to be blossoming and to be fragrant. Jesus smells your fragrance. And in turn, we are the fragrance of Jesus for those around us. Not even the smallest ray of light will be mine. You will illuminate others through me. The first luminous mystery of this title of this talk, by the way, is called Growing in the Mission of Christ. The first luminous mystery is the baptism of Jesus. I really think it was wonderful that John Paul II gave us this fourth set of mysteries, the luminous mysteries, because it's a very important part of the life of Christ, starting with his baptism. Now, why do you think Jesus had to be baptized? Remember, he went to John the Baptist, who was doing a baptism of repentance. Why did Jesus go and be baptized by John? He had nothing to repent of. I asked the Lord a long time ago about this and said, you've got to explain this to me. And over the course of time, he revealed to me that what Jesus did was an example of our lives, of what we are to do, of what happens in our baptism. We are baptized into the life of Christ. We are baptized to be priest, prophet, and king. The next time you're attending a baptism, listen to the words of the baptismal rite because the child or the person being baptized is baptized into Christ's priesthood, his prophet ministry, and his kingship. I don't have time. I, lo- I have a whole talk based around that. I don't have time to go into that. But we're going to focus on another element of that baptism of Jesus. When the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That also happened at your baptism. The Father spoke from heaven. Maybe nobody at your baptism heard it, but the angels did and the saints in heaven did, and your ancestors who are now in purgatory or heaven did, God said, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. You are his beloved daughter, and he is very pleased with you. Yes, we all sin. Yes, we do things that doesn't please God, but I want to teach you something about that that many people often overlook. When God the Father looks at us today, people who have been redeemed by Jesus, who have accepted that sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, the Father looks at us through that act of redemption, through the cross of Jesus. It's a filter. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross is a filter through which the Father looks at us. Our sins were purified, purged. 
Jesus took our sins to the cross. So the Father looks at you first through his Son, and beyond his Son is the purified you. Of course he is well pleased with you. Because you chose to accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. And that's why the Father is very pleased. You are special. Remember that. You are very beloved. Remember that. He is pleased with you. We can feel like terrible wretches sometimes. But simultaneously we need to remember that God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for progress. In scripture, it says that we are to become perfect as the Father is perfect. That's not just for, okay, when I go to heaven, I'll be perfect finally. Purgatory will perfect me. We have a lot going on in our lives that's purgatory on earth, isn't it? Don't forget that counts. (laughs) When we say, yes, Lord, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be holier today. I want to be more perfect today than I was yesterday. That's what he's pleased with. We don't have to take giant steps of holiness. Baby steps please God tremendously because at least we're moving in the right direction. When scripture says that we are to be made perfect, anytime the word perfect is mentioned in scripture, It's not talking about flawlessness. It's not talking about making no mistakes or never sinning. What it's talking about is fullness of love. Anytime you see the word perfect in Scripture, substitute in there fullness of love and you'll see what I mean. Because God who is perfect and God who is love is full of love. And the more full of love we have... The more of God's love is alive in us and it's pouring out onto others because love isn't love unless we're giving it away. The more we are filled with love, the more holy we are, which means the more perfect we are. And purgatory is the purging away of everything that is not of God, which means everything that is not loving. And anything that you're going through in life on this planet that is helping you love more fully is a purgatory. It's a purging of your unlovingness. The second luminous mystery is when Jesus revealed himself in Cana with the miracle of changing the water into wine. Jesus turns our ordinary water into extraordinary wine. We are water, ordinary water. Jesus, as we know in the Eucharist, is the wine the more we allow Jesus to transform us into his likeness, the more he is transforming our water into wine. And we are extraordinary. Jesus does not make ordinary wine. You remember what happened at Cana. They were all amazed that why did, you wait until, why did the host wait until last to serve the best wine? See, in those days, what happened was they partied a long time when there was a wedding. Days, because people, the family and friends traveled long distances to get there. So they didn't just come and have a reception and then go back home again. They partied for days. And the theory was that if you serve the cheap wine first, 
you don't need to serve expensive wine later because everybody's going to be too drunk to notice. <laughs> People were amazed that, the, that all of a sudden at the end, the, wa- the wine was better than they had started with. Jesus makes the best of everything. When he created you, when God the Father created you, he made the best. He always makes the best of everything. At the time of your conception, there was 200 million sperm. One of those united to your mother's egg and became you. You were a one in a 200 million chance. And God chose you. And he doesn't make junk. He only makes masterpieces. You are a masterpiece of God. I don't care what flaws you have. I don't care if you're too fat. I tried to lose some of this belly before I came here and I failed. I don't care if you're too short, too old, too young, too, you're, you don't like the way your hair is or whatever, but Jesus sees you as a masterpiece. You are his beloved, and beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, right? You are a masterpiece of God, and there is nobody on this planet that ever lived or ever will be that will be just like you. And there's a reason that I bring this up in the Luminous Mysteries, Because you have a unique calling on you to be the light of Christ the way nobody else on this planet could ever be. And when we don't shine with the light of Christ according to our particular calling, the masterpiece that we were created to be, the world is a darker place. People ask, if God is real, then why is there so much evil in the world? Why isn't God stopping the evil in the world? The answer is because we are the body of Christ on earth and we're not doing enough. We're not bringing enough light into the world to dispel the darkness. I hope that when you leave here tomorrow, you are committed because I've challenged you enough to be a brighter light, a stronger light, and to realize that each and every one of us has a calling. You see my calling in part. I'm standing up here. You might go on my website or read my reflections and you say, there's Terry's calling. But what can I do? You each have an equally important calling just with the gifts and talents and experiences and skills and hardships and overcomings that you've been through in life. Let your light shine so brightly that the world is changed by it. That is your calling. It's your baptismal calling. And the extent to which we don't fulfill that calling is the extent to which we need to go back to the sacrament of reconciliation and confess our sin of omissions. In that Cana story, in that Cana scene, this is from John chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, if you want to look at it later. The Blessed Mother said something to the wine stewards that she also says to us. And this was the message that got me started on the road of Good News Ministries. Do whatever he tells you. I shared last night how um, we've, my husband and I, Ralph and I, first heard about Good News Ministries, a different 
iteration of it, the original iteration of it in Pensacola, Florida. It was founded by a man named Charlie Osborne. We first saw Charlie Osborne speak at a charismatic conference in New Jersey. And the name, the theme of that conference was do whatever he tells you. And throughout that conference, blazoned across on a huge banner across the stage top was do whatever he tells you. I was constantly looking at that. The Lord was giving me a message as he was calling, and I didn't know it yet, to get involved to found Good News Ministries of Tampa Bay, which has now become a worldwide ministry. He is telling you something too. Do whatever he tells you. It doesn't always make sense. A lot of times we feel very inadequate. I won't tell you the thoughts that come to me prior to a speaking engagement like this. But always, I go back to, remember what I said this morning, theme message of my life that I want to pass on to everybody. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So when I start to get those feelings of inadequacy, I say, Lord, but you are adequate. You are more than adequate. It's your responsibility to make sure I remember what you want me to say and think what you want me to say and, and, and connect to what you want me to connect to. I am your fertile soil. I am your instrument. Do with me as you will. And that's the secret to my success. I can't emphasize enough that there is a calling upon each and every one of you. If you didn't know it before you got to this retreat, before you leave, you'll have some idea, if not a full idea, of what God is calling you to. If you already are involved in a ministry, if you already feel like you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're doing whatever he's told you to do, sometimes the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now go and stretch yourself and do something else. Do something more. Do something a little bit different. The third luminous mystery is the preaching of the good news. We are the good news that the world needs to see, to hear, to know. There's five gospels, you know that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what's the fifth one? We are. You are. You are the gospel that people read in your daily life wherever you go. What is your gospel saying to people around you? Is your gospel saying, Jesus is the answer? Jesus gives me joy when I am under trial. Jesus gives me hope when I'm discouraged. Jesus loves you. Are people seeing that, hearing that, reading that in our lives? You know, St. Francis of Assisi is very well known for saying, preach the gospel at all times and sometimes use words. Our lives are what people read. Our calling, our responsibility, which is so serious that it affects the salvation of others and it affects the amount of darkness that's in the world. I can't emphasize enough how serious this is. It affects people's eternal salvation. We are called to be Jesus in the world. His light is to shine. Jesus said, you don't hide a light under a bushel. You are a light that is meant to shine. 
And it's a sin not to let that light shine. It's a major sin. People's eternal lives are at stake. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of Christians that are witnessed by non-believers. And we probably have all done this to some extent. Where what we have done or said has driven people away from the Lord. Away from church. Away from mass. You never know when the person sitting next to you in church is it's their first time there. Are they being greeted by you with a smile? Do they feel the love of Jesus in you? Do they see the joy of your worship? Is it a welcoming place that they have come into? Are they experiencing the community that is communion that we are there to celebrate? You never know whether the person sitting next to you, even if... If you are like some people where you always have to have the same spot every Sunday, <laughs> and the, person, the people sitting around you are always there every Sunday, and you know who they are, so you know that it's not their first time there, you never know which day, which Sunday, they have just received bad news at home. They have just lost their job. They have just had the death of a loved one. Or they're considering a divorce because their marriage is very hard. Are you Jesus for them? Are you the smile of Jesus that says there's hope? This is what it means to be the light of Christ. And not just in church, but everywhere we go. But in churches where people are really there to seek Jesus. And I would dare say that... A lot of people who go to church, we know that the churches are filled with people who are just there to make sure they don't go to hell. (laughs) They're bribing God with their presence. (laughs) You might be the one God is calling to awaken them up to the real reason for being in church. Let your joy show in your worship. I can't stand still when I'm singing a song that's got any kind of rhythm to it, which is every song. I mean, because I've given my body permission to be ruled by my spirit. Most of us, it's the other way around. Our bodies squash our spirits. I'm afraid to move because I'll get attention and they'll think, what's that crazy lady doing in church dancing? (laughs) Dare to be so in love with Jesus that it ekes out all over everybody. Leak Jesus onto everybody around you. (laughs) Jesus explains how we are to live, how to be this light, how to be this fifth gospel in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Very rich, very powerful, very challenging Read a little bit at a time each day. Don't try to read it all at once or you'll just say, forget it. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Love your enemies. We all have enemies. And I'm not talking about the terrorists. (laughs) I'm talking about anybody in your life whose will is opposed to yours at any given moment. Any argument that you're in, you've got to love that enemy. And you've got to show that love. You've got to be the light of Jesus. You've got to be the smile of Jesus. Turning the other cheek means I don't have to win this argument. I may be right, 
but I don't have to win and make that other person be a loser. Because I love them so much, I'll give them time to think it over. Honey, would you please go pray about this? Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as an instruction manual for how to be the light of Christ in this world, how to be the smile of Jesus, how to be that fifth gospel that you are called to be. And by the way, the Holy Spirit in your life is there to make it possible to do what seems impossible. Turn the other cheek. I really feel like arguing back. Holy Spirit, help me. And you know, it's not in the heat of the moment that we stop and say, Holy Spirit, help me. (laughs) We need to be praying that the moment we get out of bed, or maybe for some of us, even before we get out of bed. (laughs) Oh, God, it's another day. No, 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 no. My soul magnifies the Lord. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit who wants to empower us to do whatever God tells us to do. He never asks us to do it alone, and he never asks us to do something that we cannot do with him. So as you read the Sermon on the Mount, be reading it with, at the end of every sentence, Holy Spirit, help me do that. And remember, those baby steps, God is looking for progress forward day by day. Never compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare yourself to Mother Teresa of Calcutta. (laughs) Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Are you holier today? And then praise God for that progress that you made because you did it with his help. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.